Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. What? Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that does indeed go a little mad sometimes. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, it's time to go mad. Mad with the madness. <laughs> As we begin our descent back a mm-hmm. second time mm-hmm. with our selection episode for our Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. Yes. But before we get into that, gang, let me remind you we're part of the phenomenally frightening Phantom Podcast Network. Phantom. You can find all of our past episodes along with a host of other horrific horror podcasts at downrightcreepy.com. Or if you're like me and you like to listen to us on the go, simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app. Hit subscribe, and we drop our latest episode. It will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your picking hole. And there is so much to pick from. Yep. And yep. If this is your first episode, your first round here with us this year in the in 2018. Mm-hmm. Last year, at the last minute, actually, right before uh, the month of March hit, <laughs> like mid February. <laughs> it's horrible how just just poorly planned it was at that point. <laughs> uh, but we we thought it would be a fun idea to basically kind of incorporate the March the madness that is in the month of March mm-hmm. in the sports world. And I know maybe not a lot of our listeners cross over into that sports world. With all the foosball. Yes, it's the devil's work. Right. So Which, apparently a sports ball thing goes on in it March. It does in March. So. And they basically put out an, a tournament of all these teams. And people go through and they pick which teams they think are going to basically mm-hmm. win the tournament. And we were like, you know what we should do? is why don't we make our own little March Madness tournament mm-hmm. where we pick and we just basically so we can talk and debate. For horror. All yeah. of our favorite films. And we're like, well, how do we do it? So it's like, well, well let's go ahead and let's, number one, let's make it manageable. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. <laughs> again, a lot of lessons learned. Uh, but let's take, um, you know, four specific decades mm-hmm. and then let's pick out certain films from those decades and then start battling them against each other. And, you know, ultimately, then we we learned so much last year. And I think the biggest lesson we learned more than anything is to bank these bad boys in advance. Because there's a lot. There's a lot to talk about and a lot of good stuff and new perspectives and new like oh yeah oh i'm just talking about logistics I'm just, yeah just that too of, <laughs> you know when you when you entitle your thing into the mouth of march madness it's d- definitely diving into madness and you also want to make sure you don't bleed into may you know as this is going on <laughs> we're, we're we're trying to put more march into the madness yes so that even being said, just to give you a peek behind the curtain, we're recording this already, and it's not 2018 yet. Right. <laughs> like, we are far enough in advance now that we're making sure that everything gets released in the month of March. Mm-hmm. You, got, you gotta love the bank. And yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. And speaking of banking, uh, we're very fortunate because the other thing that we wanted to do, not only to be talking all these horrific films, but is our chance to engage other podcasts mm-hmm. in that discussion, in that debate, in that dialogue with all of these just phenomenally just delicious horror films. Right. And we're very fortunate just because, you know, we're involved with the Phantom Podcast Network. Phantom. And so the main idea is to, you know, incorporate other podcasts that are in that particular network, mm-hmm. again, just to promote each other. And then also what I love about the the personalities in the various podcasts is they're very different. Yeah. And so we bring those into play. Uh, and then we go outside of that and just some of my favorite podcasts. And it's a good chance to like talk to different people and get like like I said earlier, get a chance a new perspective on some things because I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but it's we talk to some interesting people and I'm like, oh yeah, 
I can see why people would pick that now versus that. So it's it's a learning experience in a lot of different ways. Very much putting it together, organizing it, mm-hmm. the scheduling, all those things come into play. <laughs> yeah. And I will say this. We have confirmed all the other podcasts that are going to be participating. But be, until we actually record them, I'm not going to say who they are. Right. Uh, but we do have four from the Phantom Podcast Network, mm-hmm. four others from outside of the Phantom Podcast Network that, again, are per, kind of personal favorites of mine. And through the advent of social networking, social media, technology, we're in an awesome time where right. they're fortunate enough to come on and talk with us and continue that debate, dialogue, and discussion, which I cannot wait. So the whole idea of this, again, is to basically celebrate films that they themselves are celebrating kind of milestone achievements. Mm-hmm. And for us, that's like once you hit 10 years once you've hit 10 years of horror, 10 years of word of mouth, if people are still talking about you... Then you got legs on you. Indeed. And then you are basically in the talks of being a classic. And then 20, even more so. And then 30, even more so. And so. then we go all the way back to 40 years. Mm-hmm. And so this year's particular bracket, we are going to be celebrating the films of 1978. Mm-hmm. 1988. 1998 and 2008 and not only did we learn a lot last year in terms of scheduling and banking <laughs> and so forth but also the biggest problem and the probably the biggest thing that's the hurdle for me is how do you decide yeah and actually say this these are the films that are going to represent because we're only looking at eight films from each decade and a lot came out, and and once again, one thing that we learned and it repeated himself is there was a lot of good stuff in the eighties. Oh, oh, good <laughs> lord! There's, you know, every and honestly, we admitted it last year. We knew that the year of nineteen eighty seven was hard for us because mm-hmm. that is our era. Yeah. that's the area we grew up in. That's the era we remember the most fondly. And it was this. There was no different this year as well. But what I think is very interesting is, again, the diversity yeah. that comes from each of the decades. Absolutely. And also the fact that we are we delve into stuff that we never experienced in the theater, but we've experienced uh, you know, through revival screenings and mm-hmm. so forth. Um, also, again, just the way this breaks down. So what's going to happen then is, is the first round where we actually, it's just going to be you and I. Mm-hmm. We're going to go Young Gun style. <laughs> you and I. We're, we, you and I, basically, we discuss and debate to decide which film goes into the very next round. Mm-hmm. And it's very important for us in how this process works because this is so, so subjective. Yeah. And it can change it can on, on the day, you know? So this, yeah, this entire tournament list could change today based on our moods. <laughs> uh, but what we want to do is we also want to make sure that we are showing our work. Absolutely. We have to defend our answers. So not only are we going to, we basically talk about kind of our first experiences with these films, whether it was theatrical through VHS, you know, and those things, we basically then break things down. We do three specific things. Mm-hmm. We go both with our heart and with our head. Uh, so we basically, in terms of which one kind of fits, hits the feels uh-huh. in the nostalgia realm, and then we also break things down by brackets. Yes. And that's when we do, when we kind of, uh, when we show you what we're talking about. What fits the theme better. So what you have to think with your head. Uh-huh. And then finally, in terms of a, um, a tiebreaker, is which one was more important to the genre. Yeah, which one caused the better impact. Had a cultural impact on mm-hmm. that one. So we do that with all of our first round. And then the films that make it to the next round, that is the round of the Scream 16. Mm-hmm. And so if you know your March Madness, is a very bad play on the Sweet 16. Because <laughs> ain't nothing sweet when it comes to horror, except it's, Candyman. Yeah, except, yeah. <laughs> and bad puns, which you know I'm full of there. That's when we bring in our friends from the Phantom Podcast Network. So we then take from eight films ago to four films in the round of the Scream 16 and then we have our friends from the Phantom Podcast come in and then again we debate and we do different rubric this time on that next one. (laughs) After that then the next two films that advance they go to the round of the Hateful Eight and then that's when we bring in the outside podcast. Mm-hmm. And then from two... <laughs> the outsiders. <laughs> they have such sights to show you. <laughs> and from two, we go to one, and that is our Frightful Four. And then from there, it's up to you guys, the listeners. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun and interactiveness. It really is. And again, I love the perspectives that we get to bring in mm-hmm. with the other podcast because so many of these films are sacred yeah. for other people. And a chance to get to talk about them, it's, like I said, I love the fact that we get to do that. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about it is 
we don't know how it's going to play out. We have our guests, but we can be 100% wrong. And I know a lot of my top picks from last year got knocked down the first fucking round. It was crazy. It was wonderful because there are so <coughs> many films in here that I'm such a fan yeah. of that I will defend to my dying breath. Mm-hmm. But they may not make it, make it, and that's okay because, again, that just shows you the level of diversity that you find in these brackets. Yeah. So we're going to, our selection episode here, we're basically going to show you, let you know what the brackets are uh-huh. and the films that made them. Yes. And then we'll have a couple of honorable mentions. What yes. that didn't make it. Because we want to give a lot of love to the films that didn't make it. Because mm-hmm. again, I think sometimes we love some of those films even more than the ones that are in the actual tournament themselves. <laughs> it's just like, unlike Pokemon, you can't get them all. <laughs> no, no, they so. can't. <laughs> so we are going to go back all the way 40 years, man. We're going to get the, uh, the nasty shag carpet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to going to get some dirty, dingy 42nd Street Grindhouse Theaters. Yep. Uh, 1978. Things get dirty and fun in the 70s. Oh, they always were. And if you go back <laughs> to the winner from our 1977 bracket was Martin. Yeah, which was a first time watch for me, which is another reason why it's good to uh, bank episodes first, get you a, a chance to rewatch or get in there and watch it for the first time. Um and yeah, Martin was a wonderful surprise. It was probably the biggest surprise that came out of the tournament last mm-hmm. year. A Cinderella story. It truly was. <laughs> Creepy as that is. <laughs> blah. Zobbly blah. Zobbly there it blah. Is. And so we had we had to choose eight films from 1978. Mm-hmm. And I'll, right away when I looked in there, there were two... That just stand out. Just, they're just, they're. I know. The biggest challenge then after that is how do we pair everything together? And this is where it comes down to the bracket topics, okay? Mm-hmm. We're going to basically start from the top or the bottom, and we will have released the tournament bracket itself through Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And again, we encourage you to submit your own brackets. Who is going to win? Yeah. Uh, show your work if you can. Yeah, please, please. If you can't show your work, be ready to uh, Indeed, defend. explain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're just going to go top to bottom here. Mm-hmm. And our first uh, bracket topic is we're calling it poster porn. Uh-huh. Because. Iconic posters, if you yes, will. Yes. These... The ones that stood out. Mm-hmm. Where the artwork was what sold you on the film. Even before there was a script on a lot of these cases. When it was merely a concept. <laughs> right. An idea in the ethos <laughs> that they grabbed out and made the most of. Uh-huh. And the two films that are in here are, number. we'll start with the one that's uh, not the upstart. Yeah. And one you really have to be in a certain mood to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is I Spit on Your Grave. Ding! <laughs> a movie that is definitely not for everyone. No, this one is, um, it's, this one is a dirty one. This, this one is you're just like, yeah, I don't know. And even the remakes are dirty too. So, but the, <laughs> that. and if you think about the poster of it as well, the one thing that always stuck out to me, number one, was the scantily clad woman, but mm-hmm. the fact that she also wielded a butcher knife. It was one of the raddest posters too, and the cover box art, especially walking down to the video store at a young age, like, oh, look, look at that one. That one was definitely a taboo buy, mm-hmm. or at least to look and do you dare look to see what lies behind that horror? Right. And then that matches then up with. Uh, another represent rep from uh, JC himself. Hey, how's it going? You guys like scary movies? Yes, we do indeed, John. And he did say it was a love story the last time we saw him live. Yeah, that was weird. But this is the one, the only, the original Halloween, Halloween. Mm-hmm. which it would we were bound to get to it. Yeah, and the fact that it came in 1978, it it needed to be on the bracket. And we'll get more into the poster How, portion of and, it, and the and, why, yeah, and who kind of blew our mind with it as well, because mm-hmm. they are actually I'm not, I won't want to spoil anything there, but right. you might actually hear from them <laughs> as well. But yeah, Halloween and I spit on your grave, going uh, head butcher to knife head, to butcher knife, knife. yeah. And so right below that, we have uh, our next little bracket here, and it is a two-parter. It is the Aquabatties. <laughs> or why I don't go swimming. Fuck all that noise. <laughs> if you are familiar with the podcast, you know <laughs> Genius has an aversion to certain things in... Nature. Nature and, and even the urban areas. There are certain things that you look out for. What are those? I don't... Well, one, fucking sewer grates and manhole covers. Um, and I don't go outdoors camping. And f- I fuck all swimming. So, fuck that. The two films that we're going to be talking and debating here are all based in the water. And it's uh-huh. kind of great that they both came out in 78. Yeah. The fact that we get to pair these two together... 
because you, uh, in terms of what they both offer, it's kind of incredible, and I I cannot wait to talk in depth into discussion on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're this one's going to be a good one. This is going to be a lot of fun, yeah. especially on the rewatches on this one. Yeah. But we've got Joe Dante's Piranha <laughs> going up against what is arguably the slasher sequel of the original. Uh huh. But Jaws 2. Yeah, you basically have um, underwater gremlins versus underwater Michael Myers. Right. <laughs> How long has it been since you've seen Jaws 2? It's been a while, maybe about about five years. So it's due for a rewatch. Okay, and it was, it was on Netflix the last time I saw, but rewatch. I think I got a four-pack. Do you? Yeah. Okay, we'll talk off, we'll talk off mic on this one, mm-hmm. but it's going to be the way I approach it when we go into our first round in this one. Okay. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, cool. So we go from... Do we have to do like this? Under the sea. <laughs> Everything's better down where it's wetter. Take it from me. All I can imagine is Dick Miller singing that song there. <laughs> uh, we need to get it. You need to do a Dick Miller impression. You got to work on that there. Goddamn gremlins. <laughs> That's not too bad. <laughs> now our next bracket is where things get a little creepy here. And I'm also really glad, again, just in terms of representation, we get a little international horror mm-hmm. in this particular bracket. Je love bon. Not that continent, actually. <laughs> We're going even further, guys. Uh, our, this next bracket topic is body betrayal. Mm-hmm. And we're going all the way down. We're getting our diggery doos going. Uh, <laughs> that's not a horror movie. <laughs> this is a horror movie. And I've seen we, you play knifey horror movie before. We're going with Patrick. Patrick, I have not seen this one. Well, this is one is available through our friends at Shada. Excellent. Yes, this is actually a really good one to watch. Uh, Brian May did the score. Oh, yeah? Not the Brian May from Queen, but uh-huh. the Brian May that did a lot of uh, scores for a lot of exploitation films. Uh-huh. And this one definitely falls wonderfully as an exploitation flick. Well, I'll tell you what. It's 70s in Australia, sold. It's Dirty Telekinesis. Nice. Yes. Nice. It's very interesting. We're pairing that with what is actually a remake. And you can't argue that you didn't get any good remakes in the 70s because holy shit. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. I'm going to see a little bit of Donna Sutherland. You're going to get a little Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) You get uh, that one is a wonderful calling card of character actors. Yeah, um, and it's it's this classy film, but it's also. Have you seen it in a while? No, it has been this this one. Seventy eight is going to be the ones with a lot of the rewatch because it's been a while. But I'm looking forward to that because there's a lot of good stuff in there. I watched it about two years ago, and it holds up wonderfully. Yeah. So I don't want to you know bias your your watching on right. that one, but no, that one is <laughs> fantastic. And then uh, well, it's on the bracket for a reason. So. Oh, you know, yeah. There's a reason that it you know was the cream of the crop. It rose to the top all along those lines there. <laughs> the hip and the And then finally, our last topic is on the bracket of 1978 is, uh, again, uh, incorporating one of the all-time greats. Mm -hmm. You have got a master in there. It is our D is for Doom Doom. bracket, and it is Damien Omen 2 going against versus Dawn of the Dead. When there's no more room in hell. The dead will walk the earth. <laughs> You've got George A. Romero. So in this in this bracket, you have George A. Romero, you have John Carpenter, you have Joe Dante. Mm-hmm. You have some greats mm-hmm. in the genre. Absolutely. It is unreal. That is just a fountain of riches in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And it really tro- truly shows you just in terms of kind of the transitional period that the late 70s were mm-hmm. and what they brought to the horror world of the 80s. But before we go into 88, honorable, uh, honorable mentions, mentions from 1978. Go. So do you have a good one? I've got several, actually. You have several. Give me yours, because I know you had one there. I have one. So um, one, di- one day uh, I was watching a movie. I was about five years old. And it was a movie that I've seen over and over and over and over again, because it was on heavy rotation on for public TV. Okay, and okay. And I would, uh, one day my mom came in and she was like, you're going to have to go get your hair cut. And I'm like, I don't want to go get my hair cut. I, I'm going to sit here and finish watching the movie. She's like, I got to go do something. I'll be right back. And I'm like, so 
I'm like, well, she can't cut my hair if I cut it myself. So I went Good in. Good logic. Yeah, I went in. I got found a little pair of scissors, and I started cutting my hair watching this movie. And then next thing I know, I fall asleep, and she's screaming like, oh, my gosh. You know, she's thinking I'm being attacked by these little fur balls all while I'm watching Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, man. <laughs> I loved that movie so much that I was willing to risk. Oh, Tomatoes. That movie, it's not a good movie. It, it, it is not a good movie at all. And only because I was five years old and I loved that movie was it a good movie. And I think you do have to be in that mindset. You have to, to be a five-year-old who doesn't even give a fuck and just wants to watch Tomatoes. And I wasn't afraid. I wouldn't even consider it a horror movie, but... But it's killer fruit nature gone amok, so... It does introduce you to the killer noun horror movie. Right. It's just... I've seen all the sequels. I watched the cartoons. Um, I had some of the figurines. There was one that was super fucking dope. It was this mutated tomato that was this, uh, a viper, a skeleton, like not a skeleton, a snake, and it, you, it would suck up water, and you could squeeze it, and the tomato would rah, open his mouth, and you could shoot water at it, like venom. It was, it was the dopest thing. Sounds killer. K- tomato killer. Now I wish they could catch up. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> Minus an edit, 20 minutes into that one there. Walked right into it, squished it. So I actually have a few on the list here. And again, just, just in terms of what they brought to the genre, the diversity, and again, everyone on here, I guarantee, is someone's favorite horror film. So I want to make sure they get some shout outs. Uh, but speaking of the ones that came from television, uh, Are You Alone in the House? Mm-hmm. Magic. Ooh, with Anthony Hopkins and that mm-hmm. creepy and the, fucking puppet. Yep, that was a, that was another VHS VHS cover that creeped the shit out of me. Uh, just the ventriloquism doing it alone. And going uh, nature running amok, you had the bees and the swarm. Yes, I remember that one and like uh, the big television event. Yeah, <clears throat> and then finally, uh, weird growths coming out of you, but the Manitou. I've never seen The Man. It's on Shudder. Check it out. It's very creepy. It'll make sure you always go to the doctor and you won't scratch at something that's kind of coming out of you. It's very Cronenbergian. Oof. Yeah, especially think about 1978 Cronenberg. It's the... Uh, don't dream in me. It is the creepy Cronenberg. I love you, you younger Cronenberg. <laughs> so we will then advance 10 years into 1988. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've talked about it before, mm-hmm. but of breaking everything down... <sighs> It's this is the hard one. Eighty eight had so much good stuff. And you thought our if you thought our list of honorable mentions for nineteen seventy eight was long, <laughs> this one here is a crazy list because there were so many things we had to, we had to leave out. But yeah. the biggest thing I saw the first time I started looking at the films, the inaugural the really inaugural selection were all the sequels. So many sequels. This nineteen eighty eight was the year that everything uh-huh. was a franchise yeah everything could be sequelized i mean one of my honorable mentions is like that's a franchise now yeah so mm-hmm. <laughs> there's some some questionable ones in there uh but the other thing also is just the level of special effects mm-hmm. they really up their game up by the end of the 80s it's like yeah let, let's do more crazy shit so where do we want to stop to the bottom or the top of the bracket let's start at the top to the bottom okay so shit <laughs> We talked about it. Sequels. My God. Uh-huh. So many sequels that if we were in... so We only could choose eight films from and 1988. Theoretically, they could all be sequels. They absolutely could have been. Mm-hmm. So I could have only chosen two, but I wanted to make sure we had representation. So ultimately, we chose four. Mm-hmm. And we chose ones that went beyond an initial sequel, and then we did some part twos. Right. The way we're going to break the bracket topics down for this one, and it's going to work for both of the sequel ones, but it's helping or hindering. Mm-hmm. Which of these help or hindered the franchise? In terms of the ones going into beyond a sequel, some something that goes part three and above. That's when that's when it's important. You, that's oh, when it's important you, how you approach it. Because obviously something's working. <clears throat> yeah. Let's see if we can make it continue to work. Mm-hmm. So we chose two part fours for the first one here. And both of them for mere classics. Yeah, these are these are both um, beginning of story arcs, very good representations of, and the fact that they're both part fours, very hard 
good hard way bracket, you know? And if you think of the Mount Rushmore of 80s icons. Yeah, they're both on there. They are both on there. You have two classics going against each other, two icons about to fight. You have a master going up against someone returning. Uh, uh-huh. So we are talking Halloween 4, uh-huh. the return of Michael Myers. Versus Nightmare on Elm Street 4, the Dream Master. That's a toughie. Mm-hmm. That's a real toughie. Because they, like I said, they both start. It's We'll go into further depth, yeah. but they're both new story arc starters. So it's good to see fresh. It is. It is. And mm-hmm. how sweet fresh meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that brings us to our part twos, of which, again, there were... Uh, this is the one, ultimately, that I can tell you, the ones that I left out, I actually like more than a little bit than the ones that are selected. Yeah. I'll go with that. There I'll are go few, with and that. I'll defend them. Yeah. Not defend them, but go into them yeah. a little bit there. Me too. Uh, but part two, that's uh, that's such a big step for the franchise. Mm-hmm. You know, Obviously, something worked in the original. People wanted more. What do you do? Do you expand? Yeah. Or do you go within? You could, This is definitely the make or break to one. Yeah. You and know? so we take two here. One we talked about last year that actually did go all the way into the uh, Hateful Eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's getting a sequel and such sights to show you. <laughs> Hellraiser 2. Going Hellbound. Mm-hmm. Which watched this one again recently. And so adult still. So yeah. adult. So still just ugh, creepy. This one I'm looking forward to a rewatch. Now, recently we I recently rewatched uh, the next one, which is uh, more. If this one doesn't scare you, <laughs> you're already dead again. again. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, it's going back to the sphere, Phantasm Two. Mm-hmm. This one I did rewatch also recently, yeah. and it's an interesting thing what they did with it. Because they did get more money, it was more of a bigger. It was a definitely a bigger release. Mm-hmm. And with, when you have Don Coscarelli working within a budget, within certain restrictions, you don't get full Coscarelli. Right, Coscarelli light, but <laughs> <laughs> it's still Coscarelli though. Mm-hmm. That also, I think, will be a very interesting matchup going into that. Yeah. Um, and so again, we'll get into the ones we missed out there. But this also brings us to our next bracket topic. And this one is very interesting just in terms of how they approach the horror. But this particular bracket topic is going against authority. Oh, man, fuck the police. <laughs> <laughs> and this also gives us representation from the the gentleman, <coughs> the icon, the auteur that we started in 1978 with Halloween. <laughs> so, uh, hey, make sure you put on your sunglasses for this one. Going back to his indie, re- his indie route, basically, mm-hmm. is, and he put out They Live. Yeah, with a fight scene that ends all fight scenes. That one in and of itself is still incredible, the fact that that exists, mm-hmm. that it exists as it does, <laughs> and that it's inspired so much mirth and mayhem. So, and again, we'll get more into that, obviously. Right. Uh, but then going up against that, uh, you have this right to stay silent. I think this one is a nice little underdog for me. A little bit of a maniac cop. A little bit of old school violence. I watched this yesterday. Uh-huh. It's, they are in stark contrast to each other, but ultimately they are also such great critiques of authority. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely the topic of it, but also I think they stand above just an average horror film. And that's what's going to make the um, bracket one so hard, because they're both like, fuck you, you know? That's also who wears a better mustache, Buck Flower or Tom Atkins. <laughs> we'll have to figure that out when we cross that goddamn bridge. And then finishing off 1988, <clears throat> we've, we would be remiss mm-hmm. if we didn't focus on the stuff that kept us coming back time and time again. The stuff is made to go seek us out. Fangoria. Yep. The Red Red Crovy. <laughs> The, the good old-fashioned special effects. Mm-hmm. And this is a good one. These are good choices, too, because um, they're both as the gooey-gooey. <laughs> so the bracket topic is gory and gooey. Uh-huh. And so we had to go out. We had to reach out to the good gory and gooey out there. And, again, so much representation. Yeah. But the ones I went with were fun. Mm-hmm. Kind of campy, mm-hmm. but also very mean. Yes. Our first one, we've devoted several episodes to it. Uh, 
If you're, we're gonna get sour balls. <laughs> if you're lucky, you'll get an invitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're partying with Angela and Night of the Demons, mm-hmm. which it's always a good time to talk about Night of the Demons. Anytime you can go to Angela's party. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're in the mood for pork. I don't know, but you'll eat a big old bowl of fuck regardless. And now, what do we pair? bring the lipstick? <laughs> oh God, what do we what do we pair? A Night of the Demons with, though. Again, something from 1988 that's campy. Fun, that's... but mean, but sticky, slimy, just melty, ooey-gooey. If it had a face, you could, you know, reason with it. It's yep. not the Terminator. Nope. But it is another representation of Chuck Russell, who actually won uh-huh. last year's tournament with Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 Dream Warriors. But tis not a man. Tis a remorseless eating machine. The blob. Uh-huh. A remake of all things, uh, the uh, remake that doesn't give it as much love, no, as like the thing in the fly. But the re, but, but one also, that should. And it, what's great is fits within the remake, even the rhythm of everything is mm-hmm. the noun, the <laughs> right, the blah, with all the remakes. The thing. There we go, the crazies. So yeah, I think you got something. There. So 1988, a wealth of riches. Obviously, we missed a few. So what mm-hmm. did you have on your honorable mention? Um, well, I'm gonna go by bracket first with part twos. Okay, let's hear him. Okay. Like you said earlier, one thing is that I like a movie better, but I understand why it's not on there. And we're talking about part two of a little franchise called Critters. Yeah, this one this one I know was tough for us to leave off. Yeah. In fact, go back in uh, Nerds of Nostalgia, we did a live episode for Critters 2. Yeah, I love Critters 2 so much. I remember the jingle, hey, little buddy, come gather around. This is the very best eating in town. So, like, it, it's great. I love it. But... It's not the best movie. It's a fun movie, but for bracket-wise, yeah. it makes more sense. I mean, and you can sense. even argue it, it's the best one in the franchise, in the Critters franchise. Oh, to me, it is the highlight of the franchise. But, but it doesn't ultimately make the cut into what we were looking for. Right. So, yeah. That's one of my honorable mentions. Oh, well, so I've got several here. The mm-hmm. first one is going to be the one that I, like I said, ultimately... I think I like more than the part twos I have in there. Uh-huh. But for, again, just making sure I've got some good bias on there. I'm not just taking personal pics here. But, um, Brewster, you're so cool. We go back to the well with Fright Night 2. Yeah. Fright Night 2 is a great movie. It's it's the special. It could even go in the ooey-gooey category because mm-hmm. there was some really good special effects in Fright Night 2. And it's a shame that we'll probably never get a Blu-ray on it, uh, but it's, again, it's, and I'm not saying it's better than Fright Night. No, but it's- Like a, you said, it's Fright Night Light. Mm-hmm, Fright Night Light. It's still a good sequel. It I is. mean, it's it's it, it's serviceable. Any other part twos for you? Uh, no other part twos. Other ones I will give a shout out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Return of the Living Dead part two. Uh-huh. I saw that in the theater, actually. Yeah. Uh, Sleepaway Camp part two. Uh-huh. In which Bruce Springsteen's stick sister comes into play, which is weirdly enough, weird enough. And then The Curse part two. The Curse Part Two. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen The Curse Part Two. I it's been a while since I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh, Dan, did you have any other uh, sequels that were not Part Twos? Uh, no, not so much. Okay, well, again, so many sequels. It's we hard still to... have some that are there are honorable mentions here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Poltergeist Part Three. Uh huh. Watch your mirror. Zombie Three. Uh huh. This this is probably the As Zombie Three is actually going to be playing. Video Vortex. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Make sure you're checking that out. Alamo Draft House. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the one that I think a lot of people are probably screaming at us for not having in the bracket. Uh, but having a tournament without Jason Voorhees is a little right. weird. I understand. Mm-hmm. But definitely Friday, the New Blood, you know, Part 7 has to get Arnimal mentioned with that. Yeah, there's got to be something. But it just... For the once again, for the bracket wise, it that didn't fit. What it was we were easier looking. to have two part fours and two part twos going against mm-hmm, each other, mm-hmm. but a lot of love to part seven. But yeah, I mean, Jason's has to be on it's 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 Jason, a lot, we, of, love a lot of love for Jason, although uh, fuck Shelly, but a lot of love for Jason. <laughs> the three films ago, man, let it go, let it go. <laughs> uh, a little howling part four mm-hmm. and demons three. I don't think I've seen Demons 3. I have not either. And there's probably a reason for that, but maybe something to (laughs) challenge ourselves to. But that's how many sequels from 88 there were. And now I've even got some other honorable mentions that were non-sequels for 1988. Because again, so many films. Mm -hmm. Do you have any non? Oh yeah, I got a few non. Okay, throw them out there. Um, One, um, Dead Heat. I love horror comedies. I love horror comedies. With some great special effects the, work from Steve Johnson. Exactly. There was some great special effects. And it was pretty gnarly. The the kind of like mutated biker. 
And then the food that comes alive was always and highlights And then the bad puns from Joe Piscopo. Uh-huh. Yo. <laughs> that was awful. Um, I can't do a bracket without having a little bit of Buck Flowers. Cheerleader Camp is... It's not a great movie, but it has one of the best Buck Flowers quotes of all time. It is a vile quote, but um, it's... It's like, goddamn, them them cheerleaders will make your picker harder than a ten dollar bag of nickel jawbreakers. And it's That's like, why it's an honorable mention. It's got to be on there. Plus, Leaf Garrett. So you know why not? Um, Pumpkinhead with Lance Hendrickson. That one was a great one, but it was. And I guarantee a lot of people were probably screaming. Like, why at aren't us, you having Pumpkinhead? Pumpkin Where's Pumpkinhead? But again, so much to choose from. So. Um, another one that people are probably screaming that we don't have. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Um, this one, yeah, this one's a lot of fun. Uh, much love to Killer Clowns. I love clown, man. Clown movies. Clownery. Um, not only Killer Clowns was a fun movie, but it's gory. The special effects are cool. The Kano brothers kill it. Yeah, and it's just a fun movie. So if you're screaming, why aren't it on there? I am kind of too, but once again, we can't get them all. A Fountain of Riches. Right. It's actually getting a special Blu-ray release Yeah. this year as well. Uh, what other ones did you have? Um... We already did Pumpkinhead. Yep. Right? I have one more. Okay. Um, this one stars the lovely Linnea, because we theoretically could have had a Linnea category itself. Um, it puts the imp in pimp. <laughs> Not only do you get a boner jam, a bowling jam, but a horror jam, you get sorority babes in the slime ball bowlerama. Such a bizarrely uniquely though film from 1988 yeah something you could only find in 1888 mm-hmm. not 1880 1988 god damn it Linnea's up in there she's gold you ever think about all the different ways there to die <laughs> and she's like I'm gonna be mangled to death by a bunch of old prospectors sourdough does like it's spooky <laughs> Definitely spooky dough. Spooky dough. There you go. Now, so that's sorry that guys, that's a deep cut there. I will explain this one just because out of context, that's really bizarre. We used to host this. Uh, it was a video vortex basically where it was all uh-huh. VHS, uh, any kind of genre. Yeah. And we hosted a Cynthia Rothrock one, uh-huh. which is badass kung fu. But but the trailers before were like. Uh, Ninja Fury and like badass woman kicking ass. Just these appropriate trailers. Like 1995, 1992 action VHS. Things you would find before a Cynthia Rothrock film. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a family adventure about a man in the wilderness. And they call him Sourdough. And then it's sure enough one of those films for families about this old prospector. It's like, there used to be caribou over here. Now there's no more because all these kids running on my land just is basically about him on and his adventures trying to find moose and live the way his wilderness dreams allow it was so out of place but Sourdough. yet worked so freaking well it was like the highlight of the screening for yeah, some in, people it was insane so yeah i wanted to make sure to give because everyone's like what the hell is going on with sourdough mm-hmm. but um no a few on my list here and again the ones that were probably the toughest for me to leave out mm-hmm. there is one that we love we screened it as an anthology. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's waxwork. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one to leave off for me. Yeah, me too. That was a that we knew you were gonna have it because one, it's a fucking anthology, and it's two. Do 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 do. I said whip it, whip it good. <laughs> Uh, another one on here, and uh, being a fan of Tom Holland, this one was tough to leave off as well, but I think ultimately, I, I'm a kind of a fan of the sequel a little bit more, but I still love this original, is Child's Play. Mm-hmm. We could do a whole bracket of just 80s, I mean, like a whole 
sweet of just the 80s movies and icons and icons but we can only get so many in there when you only have eight and you want a good representation that's why we're going to focus a little bit more on some of these than Mm -hmm. we are the ones that are actually in the the bracket themselves because obviously they get their own episodes yeah so we want to make sure these all get love because any other day they could have ended up this entire 1988 bracket could have been made up with these that we're talking about, and it would still be a fantastic talk. Exactly. Um, we talk significantly amount of Waxworks. We've done commentaries on it, and we've shown it for the triple feature. So if you want to know our thoughts on Waxworks. Oh, yeah. It's out yeah, there. It's out there. But some of these other ones, man, yeah. Uh, there's also, just in terms of a heavy metal horror, you get a little Black Roses, mm-hmm. Me Against the World. Um, also, going speaking of Nightmare on Elm Street, there was another representation of just the kind of the, the, the killer from beyond, uh, but Bad Dreams, mm-hmm. which recently saw the trailer for it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. No, go ahead and say it. Professional ghoul. Yeah, Richard Lynch. He's a he's scary dude. He's yeah, he a scary is. dude. Yeah, but it just shows you the wealth of riches from 1988. And again, a lot of these films, We'll get into whether we saw in the theater, our mm-hmm. first exposure to them. But these are the ones that, for me, are the ones that are ingrained in my DNA. Yeah. And that's why that particular decade is so much fun. But we are going and advancing 10 years into the future, mm-hmm. into 1998. Yeah. And this is actually the round that I ultimately found. I saw probably more of these in, during their original theatrical run mm-hmm. than any of the other ones in this entire tournament. Exactly, because they're more... These were widespread. This was... The cool thing about the 90s was it was that special time where there was kind of a drought in horror. Well, and a lot of people argue that there was the the excess and just the, the highs that we were at in the 80s. Mm-hmm. You can only come crashing down. You can only go so high without a, a little bit... Of, without a little... And you downfall. Need, and you need that thrill in a roller coaster. You need that downward spiral. Not spiral, but right. descent a little. But once again, the cream rises to the top. And there were plenty to choose from, mm-hmm. which we'll get into our honorable mentions. But again, it just speaks to the level of diversity and the fact that I'm again happy that we've got some international representation uh-huh. in here. We've got... Uh, <laughs> Um, we've got technically JC again, yep. which is kind of crazy. He is all over. He's everywhere. He's including something from JC, created from JC. Yeah, his DNA is all over the, <laughs> the mouth of March Madness. I got a little bit of carried away there and playing basketball. So let's go. Let's speaking of JC. Let's start uh, bottom to top with this particular bracket for mm-hmm. 1998. Okay. And our first topic. Uh-huh. Is uh, you know I'm I'm a fan of the bloodsucker, uh-huh. the, uh, the 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 vampire, and our first one is past the sunscreen. <laughs> We're fortunate enough to have two fantastic vampire flicks in 1998. Two very different tonal vampire, but both flicks. both rated R. Right, both rated R, and both, both... are straight horror. Mm-hmm. Don't let anyone tell you that no. one of these is not a horror. No, film. they're horror movies. Uh, so Jace John Carpenter. I will argue that Into the Mouth of Madness is his truly last great film. Mm-hmm. But and it's not a guilty pleasure because I have no guilty pleasures anymore. But Vampires it's for a, John Carpenter, it's a fun one. It's a good movie. It's a fun movie. It's there's some great scenes, there's great stuff. There's some great and, kills. Yeah, but and and once again, hate eight not a hate aver of vampires, but it's really cool that you can have two uh totally different vampire movies because John Carpenter going up against Wesley Snipes, you know? Uh. (laughs) Damn. If only that had happened in, say, like, 1988. Always been on black. No, there we go. (laughs) And then this one actually is being um, pit up against then technically not the first R-rated comic book film, but probably the one that really kick-started the yeah. modern comic book movement, mm-hmm. and that is Blade. Yep. <laughs> Some motherfucker's always trying to ski uphill. That's one, and again, I cannot wait to go into depth in the detail with that particular one, just in terms of a first-time screening. Yeah. You know, I've I've watched both of these movies recently, but I'm ready to watch them again. So this one's going to be a good one. I'm really anxious on that one. Me too. And then we're throwing things back, moving our way up into the tournament, into our slashback. Mm-hmm. bracket here and like this is actually just in terms of thanks to scream 
that came out a few years earlier. Yeah, slash slashes were back. There was a resurgence, mm-hmm. and again, some of them better than others. Yep. Once uh, again, the cream rises to the top. But ultimately, some of them that <clears throat> spawned franchises. Mm-hmm. And so, this particular bracket, we're pitting two against each other. We're starting initially with what is actually a sequel, mm-hmm. and that is I still know. What yes. you did last summer. Not to be confused with I will always still know or I will I still If you if you do it too much your eyes will go cross. Right. It I doesn't still... work. <laughs> oh wrong. <laughs> and we're pairing that one up mm-hmm. with uh, an interesting take nineties horror on stuff that we've always talked about since we were kids. Yeah, an interesting take on the urban legend with the movie Urban legend. <laughs> They're not subtle <laughs> right. on this one. I wonder what this one's about. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Puppies. <laughs> but we would definitely be remiss if we were in the 90s and we didn't get into any of the slashers that came about. Right. And without 90s without Rebecca Gay Hart somewhere oh. wouldn't be the 90s. There's some there's so. some cream on my face somewhere thanks to her. <laughs> that's that's not dirty. Seriously, Noxima cream. No, I yes. No. Sincerely, I uh-huh. I had a lot of pimples as a kid, so <laughs> I really really needed that a lot. Um keep digging. Exactly. <laughs> keep digging. <laughs> now again, I mentioned before that uh we're getting some international flair mm-hmm. in 1998 and our next bracket is what we're calling transitional terror. Yes. And I really, this one's going to be interesting because both of these films I haven't seen in quite a while. And both of them were very interesting transitional horror films. So our first one is another one that is a sequel Mm -hmm. and that is continuing a franchise. We're talking about Bride of Chucky. Indeed. This one's a divisive one. This one is truly divisive. This Mm -hmm. is the fourth film in the franchise. And Uh as we were talking from 1988... There's a lot of responsibility on a fourth yeah. film. Mm-hmm. And so I'm anxious to revisit that one to see if the uh, how that responsibility works, because it's been a while since I've seen it. But we paired it up. That one was directed by Ronnie Yu. Mm-hmm. And we paired it up with a film that you can kind of argue really jump-started the J-horror phenomenon. Yes. Uh, but the original Ringu. Yeah. This one, these are both um, international ones. And this is going to be a very good discussion point. I have a feeling that this one's going to be like, okay, let's let's really break it down because this one's going to be an interesting one for me. And for and it's been a while since I've screened both of those. Yeah, and so I because they're both divisive movies. So for good, bad, or the other, again, does this... it help or hinder the franchise? Exactly. And then basically rounding out the year of 1998, <laughs> we have. The shape returning, but more importantly than the a, shape... A different kind of shape returning. ...is the connective tissue between these two films. <laughs> For this is our heartnet heartthrob mm-hmm. bracket. Uh, both films featuring... The dreamiest... <laughs> the dreamiest of dreamies, <laughs> Josh Hartnett. <laughs> and his... His angular, weirdly designed hair from right. The Faculty, which is, so we've got some Robert Rodriguez, uh-huh. and we are going up against then the the callback, another another sequel in our bracket here. I like money, guys. How's it going? And this one is the seventh in the franchise. Right. So you talk about even more responsibility, but Halloween H2O. Mm-hmm. Halloween Water. It is. It is. Halloween well, water. Blood is thicker than water, and it's all in blood <laughs> in the family. So there's there's their tie. There's your tie. But this, I, I'm going to rewatch Halloween H2O again, or I should say, I'm going to try to watch it again. Yeah. I tried to watch it actually in the month of October. I couldn't get through it. We we needed something to connect to Josh Hartnett. So I'm not saying as an excuse. I thought it was interesting that this is the third of three brackets decades that has a Halloween representation. Yeah, that's the. We just got to curse Rob Zombie for being one year a little bit too early. <laughs> There's a lot of reason. No, no I, I'm a fan of Rob Zombie. I'm not going to say that uh, now. Uh, Only eight uh, films uh, from 1998. So mm-hmm. definitely a few that I know we missed. So that being said, what were a few on your honorable mentions? I have two that I want to talk about. Uh, one, um, when I like something or someone, they're a treat. And this person is a treat in name and in style. 
I'm talking about Treat Williams and Deep Rising. Treat making a, his second appearance <laughs> as an honorable mention. Right, right. Because every movie he's in is a treat. You're going to have fun. This movie is basically that weird mix of horror and um, comedy, kind of like, but with more on the action side. Like, think The Mummy at sea. It's strange it's in 1998 because it feels like it should be from 1988. Yeah. It's I mean, a big bombastic. Canon films could have put, put it out. Right. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Deep Rising. The special effects are a little bit, but... Some of them, that was kind of the advent of CGI. Uh-huh. Because you so, did get some of that digital work in there. But you still got a fun little campy throwback monster movie. That's a fun story. movie. Yeah. A- mm-hmm. And then, my other one, Phantoms. Because Phantoms of the Motherfucker. I the- I liked Phantoms. I am unabashedly yes, that's a good quote. Phantoms word. Phantoms like a motherfucker, right? That's a quote. But that movie one scared the shit out of me. It was it was kind of very very um mist like with the whole who knows what's going on. Very Stephen Kingy without being Stephen King and Rose McGowan and uh, <laughs> she's again treat uh, treat Williams and Lee Schreiber. He's killing it. It was just, a, and then Ben Hufleck. It was I, great. I can't argue against you because I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater. Yeah, I saw it in the theater too, and I was like, "This movie is fucking awesome." I saw it maybe about I don't know seven years ago, and I was like, "This movie is awesome." So yeah, I'm there, a fan of of Phantoms. There's a reason it's not on my honorable mention list, and maybe I need to rewatch it <laughs> with that kind of knowledge. It was just fun as shit. Other ones on your list? No, those are the only two. So on mine here, uh, we got another interesting um remake here uh-huh and again it doesn't really speak to volumes of that but the psycho remake which is honorable mention at best yeah there's a reason why that one's not on my honorable mention yeah it was a, was a weird one saw it in the theater <laughs> just an uncomfortable experience and if you're a fan of uh the kevin smith ralph garman <laughs> podcast hollywood babylon you know there's an entire thing with that go look on it on your own we we'll keep it in cr here not in c17 um a couple more sequels there's uh-huh. phantasm 4 uh-huh that came out that year oblivion continuation in and don't go ravenger um prophecy 2 uh-huh. that continued with christopher walken uh-huh now, was that one with uh, Virginia Madsen, or was that one with the Jennifer Beals? As the Jennifer Beals, I believe. I don't believe they had Madison for two. Okay. Which is unfortunate. Uh, she was all over horror in the 90s, mm-hmm. even with Candyman. Yeah. And then finally, just in terms of heavy metal horror again, it technically doesn't fall in there, but Strangeland. Yes. I, that was, I was debating whether to put that one on there or not, because... I, I'm not the biggest fan of that movie, but I dug it enough to be like, yeah, you know, that w- I saw what they were going for, you know? Yeah. Oh, and then last one. This one goes out to uh, Nick Spacek from the From and Inspired by podcast. Mm-hmm. But this is another one that I haven't seen since I saw it in the theater, but I didn't have the best experience. But I was putting some feelers out about people's favorite films from 1998, and this was one of his. But uh, it was a uh, disturbing behavior. With uh, another Nick's call and uh, but a little shout out to Nick there on that one. So no, 1998, a lot of good stuff in the horror field, regardless. And then leads us to, but merely ten years ago, yeah, the f- horror films and the classics and the ones that we are now starting to talk about that are re- like you said, getting their legs. Mm-hmm. But from 2008, yeah, just a, a scant ten years ago. Where some of them like, man, I need to rewatch. It's been ten years. These are ones that we've seen ten years ago, and which is crazy to think about now that it's just been ten years ago. Because and, it does seem like just yesterday I saw a lot of these in the theater. And the weird thing is, I seen only about as opposed to the uh, 1998, where I've seen probably almost all of them in the theater, um, with the exception of one or two. Um, 2008, I only seen about half. Really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it just goes to show that sometimes we need to get more modern horror in our lives. Yeah, exactly. So let's go ahead. We're going to go ahead and start at the top of the bracket for mm-hmm. 2008. Our bracket, if you go back to last year, we had multiple wild card bracket topics. Wild card, bitches! Yeah! <laughs> because sometimes it's hard to, to qualify, quantify, mm-hmm. uh, classify those. But this one definitely was harder to put in in terms of topics. But I wanted to make sure they got in. Yeah. Because, again, they're worthy of uh, entry. And the first one 
was one of the scariest times I had in the theater. The, the first one is a, it definitely deserves to be on the thing because it was a, a good surprise. And 10 years later is getting a sequel released in 2018. Which is crazy. And we are talking about The Strangers. The Strangers. And then that is paired up against one that I saw this, it was probably about four three years ago uh-huh. so I definitely need to rewatch it but it was very disturbing okay. uh, but we're pairing the strangers going up against dead girl this is one I have not seen yeah, this is definitely one you kind of need a shower afterwards okay and I, I mean that in a good way though uh, definitely atmospheric and I think that's what works with both of these films they are both atmospheric uh-huh. but in def- definitely different ways and so, again, the dialogue that comes out of that one was very interesting. Going below that one, again, we're getting some international flair here. And I think that's the best thing is you can kind of look at this tournament as a buffet of horror. Yeah. You know, we're taking a little bit of gore. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. We're, we're making a, a well-rounded meal here is what we're doing. <laughs> and so this next uh, topic bracket is going to be something old, something new. Mm-hmm. And what these international films have done is they've taken older mythos, but put a new spin on them. And we've got two great ones in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Basically, we have uh, vampire versus zombies but not in the way you'd think exactly and not approach the way you'd think which is why i love that we get to talk about them but uh we have let the right one in uh-huh which is uh, yeah a haunting film and one that plays well right now just in terms of how freaking cold it exactly, is exactly exactly <laughs> versus a very surprisingly original good scary movie from our neighbors from the north pontypool this is this is the one where not a lot of people have seen, but those who have have been. It's well, it's original. Shit. It is original. Well, they 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 well scared. <laughs> it's like Dean Cundy lit him just perfectly well, in the reveal. Well, well played. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> but no, they both bring something new to the genre. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm really looking forward to those. And then that transition us is, transitions us to the films that I'm not really looking forward to watching. Something old and again, something not new, but done in old school ways with mm-hmm. just gore. Yes. And so this one is going to be our topic is more horror, less porn. Yep. <laughs> and we've got two definite good examples from that. And when I say good, I say that with, you know, t- <laughs> I like them. I like these movies. These both two. These are good movies to me. Both like, that you have to be in a certain mood to watch. Right. And they're both going to leave you like, ooh, they're wince inducing movies. Um, like they're not necessarily everybody's cup of tea, but once again, they deserve to be a part of the bracket because they're a good representation of just gore for gore's sake. And we do have representation of a franchise. Imagine mm-hmm. that. And something. C'est le moment. So from the French extreme. So uh-huh. saw number five. Yep, the n- number cinco. I've never seen it. I won't lie. Uh, I'm <clears throat> bad on the saw movies. I like the saw movies. Okay, I like so them. that's a good one. I'm looking forward to rewatching. Uh-huh. But we're pairing it with one that took me a while to get through because yeah. it's a tough film. It's a super tough film, and it is Martyrs. Zip. <laughs> <laughs> See if you can suffer through it, as we are on that one. And then our last two are a lot of fun because mm-hmm. very rarely. Do we get to have a lot of monsters? Yeah. In the bracket, we've talked Pumpkinhead, definitely a monster. Mm-hmm. But these last two are some of the uh, what do we say? They're nature gone amok. Yes, nature nasties. Mm-hmm. And the first one is representation from a book, a book to screen, mm-hmm. and is the ruins. Yep. Versus, um, well, if you don't know, once again, if you don't know what you're going to get with the burrowers. I wonder if they sweep out of the air. Possibly. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but no, some really good films from 2008. And obviously, mm. eight is not enough. So what ones did we leave out? I have two. Um, <clears throat> one, I think, is a very well done remake on a foreign fil- fil- a foreign flavored film. Um, I'm talking about Quarantine. I thought this was a very serviceable, not necessarily as good as the original of Wreck, 
but it could it's a good counter uh, companion piece. I, it just bothers me the fact that it was remade just merely so they could get rid of the subtitles because right. you don't necessarily need it. Wreck no. is just so so good. good. But again, as remakes have been uh, done, we've seen worse. And then ultimately, though, ideally, then maybe everyone backwards engineers mm-hmm. and yeah. then they reverse engineers, Hopefully. I should say, Hopefully. and goes back to the Paco Plaza original. And the next one was one of the most unique and original horror movies and it can be argued if it's horror or not but it's 100% horror Darren Lynn Bozeman's Repo The Genetic Opera this one it's once again it's not everybody's cup of tea and people don't think of horror as musicals but this one worked so well Uh, the tunes were catchy Uh, the scenery was beautiful and Darren Lynn just killed it anthony head did a wonderful performance and everybody said and i wasn't expecting to enjoy paris hilton singing and prancing as much as i did um this one has become a cult film uh thing with screenings and all this stuff but again like unfortunately with a lot of other stuff sometimes it just doesn't go where we needed to go so but hats off to repo the genetic opera well said, well said. Uh, one other that I always kind of enjoyed on, again, a guilty pleasure level, but at this point, no, it's all good, but uh, Midnight Meat Train. Yes, that is a good one, too, with fucking Vinny Jones as a mm-hmm. killer. Ah, oh, it is good. He, they need to make another one. Anything where Vinny Jones can be Vinny Jones and not say, not I'm the juggernaut, bitch, but just when he goes around and can kill somebody with a meat hook, it just works and so well. And anything adapted from Clive Barker also works works pretty well right uh, but then also one that's definitely not necessarily horror but has the horror elements uh was cloverfield yes i i understand the divisiveness of that particular film <laughs> but we have here we have 32 films going up against each other that mm-hmm. is a lot to talk about a lot to see i'm anxious to revisit some of these for the first time yeah and to you know revisit some of the ones that are just old favorites Mm -hmm. and that's the best part beyond the fact that we get to talk to some of our favorite people in podcasting Mm -hmm. so any any particular ones that you're most looking forward to genius um i'm actually looking forward to 78 um and i'm looking forward to um i'm actually looking forward to 2008 I mean, 78 and 2008 are looking like the ones that I haven't seen in a while. Um, a little bit of ones of the 98s or, or 88s and 98s are a little bit more fresher, but I'm looking forward to those too. It's just going to be a fun um, bracket ride. Get ready for this ride, yeah. guys, because it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to some dark horses. I think there's some going to be some, uh, well, some Martins. And that's just <laughs> it. I have to go back and kind of rearrange my initial selection here mm-hmm. and again when we start then debating everything everything completely changes on the official board right but again make sure you send us in your bracket selections on twitter at nightmare junk on on facebook at nightmare junkhead uh anxious to see what you guys think on this one this is again so much fun on this now the next episode that you're going to be getting is going to be the first round of 1978 so that means if you need to start you know putting your your weekend watch list if you will make sure you're pulling from our 1978 bracket uh and then that following friday we go then the next two rounds with our visiting podcasts Mm-hmm. So uh, this is so much fun. This is the best time of the year outside of October, December. Uh, you know, as a horror fan, it's tough. Yeah, but it's it's a, it's right up there. I do. <laughs> we'd like to make this a yearly part of your thing that you're looking forward to in March. So again, mm-hmm. hit us up on the social media if you would like. But let's get ready to get into the madness, gang. So All right into the madness, into the mouth. Until uh, 40 years ago, when we run into you, uh, this is Greg D. Yeah, I'm Genius McGee, and we'll see you in your dreams. Oh.